In this episode of Ottawa Business Journal's Behind the Headlines, a planned redevelopment of a historic byword market building, Ottawa Tourism's plans for bringing visitors back to the capital, and a popular craft distillery catches the eyes of investors. All this and more coming up right now. Behind the Headlines is brought to you by Nelligan Law. Their profession is the law, their product is peace of mind. Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week of June 7th, 2021. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Behind the Headlines is a regular podcast from OBJ to explore the most popular local business stories. I'm happy to be joined by my two colleagues with us here again today, Peter Cavesi and David Sally. Welcome to both of you. Listen, uh, Dave, we're going to start off with a story about a historic a commercial building on York Street that's in the Byward Market that is uh, poised for, let's call it a major uh, facelift. It's a five-story uh, heritage building, and it's fairly well known because Shopify was there at one point, and it's currently the home of Cavuto and architecture form, uh, firm, excuse me, Linebach. By the way, OBJ was there, if you go way back in our history, <laughs> too. Uh, but anyway, the point is uh, a Montreal developer wants to build a 22-story hotel apartment complex on the site, uh, but preserve, that's the key point, the heritage aspect. And the proponent uh, behind the project is a company called uh, RIMAP, I hope I got the pronunciation right, which has a growing portfolio in Ottawa. Dave, you spoke with RIMAP's uh, executive. What's the company's plans for the National Capital Region? Well, yeah, Mike, uh, as you say, this is a big one, obviously. Uh, uh, they're really making a splash with um, with this proposal uh, uh, to redevelop the major building. Uh, it's over a century old, built in 1913. They want to build a hotel there with 214 suites and uh, and then put the, the apartment building beside it. Um, it's a very well-known property, uh, but it is by no means the only uh, property that RIMAP uh, has a stake in in the capital. It's um, It hasn't been here long, but it's uh, it's making a splash. Uh, uh, so as you said, I, um, I did talk uh, uh, recently um, uh, to, uh, uh, to the to the uh, co-president of RIMAP, Mark Ferrati, and uh, and he says he like he's really bullish on Ottawa. He um, uh, his wife's family is from here. She grew up in Orleans, so he knows the area well. And he says Ottawa is fantastic. People often underrate it. Um, so in addition to the Byward Market project, there um, they're actually involved in a uh, in another project um, also uh, in the market area. Uh, because um, their sister company uh, is a hotel management firm, uh, so it's uh, so RIMAP is building a 208-room AC Hotels by Marriott uh, property uh, nearby at 201 Rideau Street. Uh, it's building that uh, in partnership with an, with his other sister company, Prince Developments. So that's one thing it's got on the go. It's not the only thing, though. Uh, it's also into the rental uh, scene here in the capital. It's got a um, 19-story apartment high-rise at the corner of Bronson Avenue and Gloucester Street called the Beckett. It's building that. That's a 250-unit building that's going to be opening this summer. So it partnered with Prince on that development as well. And that building is going to be managed by District Realty. Um, and uh, and besides that, um, it also owns uh, RIMAP and Prince, actually, in combination. They, 
they, the two of them own a two thirds stake in another property, not far from the market at the corner of Rideau street and King Edward Avenue. Uh, people would know that because there's a big LCBO on that site. Um, so the LCBO still has a, uh, several years left on a long-term lease there. Uh, so Variety said it'll probably be closer to the end of the decade before they know what they're going to do with that property. But it's, uh, he said it's more likely to be a multi-residential project than a hotel or something along that line. So, and, uh, and, and that's not it. He said, he told me he's promising more big news soon, uh, for, um, uh, for the Ottawa area. So RIMAP is, uh, is really, um, really moving into the capital region in a big way. Uh, and it's going to be exciting to see what else they have planned. That's a lot of activity. Uh, and mm -hmm. by the way, if people are having trouble uh, picturing this, it's just a little bit east of uh, Andaz, which of course was the the late the another big hotel project that you know really I think changed the uh, uh, the complexion of the Byward market. Um, Peter, let's get your take on this. What stands out uh, in your mind about this project? Uh, two things, you know, the, I guess the first one is, you know, it is exciting to see the, the adaptive reuse of a, of a building of, of this, um, uh, this, this vintage, uh, commercial building. Um, you know, we often talk here in Ottawa, we don't have the same industrial heritage that cities like Toronto and Montreal, just to, just to name our two neighbors, uh, have. So, you know, I remember when, you know, it was a few years ago when I was looking at some of the, um, documents surrounding the, uh, the Fed's Booth Street, uh, project redevelopment and, uh, how so many people are saying, well, no, it's so important to preserve these brick smokestacks just because, Ottawa doesn't have a lot of these. So it is exciting to see this century-old, you know, warehouse finding new life in new, new uses. So that that's pretty cool. But you know, the one thing that that did as well sort of jump out to me, or you know, one of the first things we said about this building, oh, that's the former home of Shopify. And, you know, as Shopify was scaling up, they they went to a few different locations in the Byward market. You know, I remember OBJ even had, you know, on its cover, right? Is is the Byward market stealing Canada's, you know, spotlight for, for tech firms? So, you know, we are poised to lose some uh some office space in the Byward market. Um, funny, Mike, you mentioned the Andes Hotel. Well, a decade ago, that was also an office building, the Union de Canada uh, building. That was the home of Travel Pod, which was an exciting company in, uh, in Ottawa's, you know, dot-com era. So certainly, again, you know, neighborhoods are always going to be changing. You know, they are evolving. But you do wonder, though, that, you know, with the loss of these these buildings, which have been the the home of uh, some, some pretty cool uh, Ottawa tech companies over the years, if, if there might be some long-term implications for the uh, for the for the makeup of the Byward Market uh, community, it's it's commercial the, the makeup of its commercial uh, tenants uh, overall in the long term. Yeah, that's you know that's really interesting. You're right. It uh, I, I think everyone agrees the Byward Market needs a better mix. What they're usually meaning is you know fewer bars and more retail. But part of that mix probably should be commercial uh, buildings too. So there's not only you know the residential component, but people working there. That, it'll be very interesting. Of course, the city is investing all sorts of money in the Byward market. It, it will continue to be, um, you know, a hot spot both for local residents and tourists. And that's a good transition to our second story, which Dave, we're going to talk to you about. Um, the story is really about Ottawa tourism preparing for 2022 and beyond. In fact, in the last mayor's breakfast, we had uh, organized by OBJ and the Board of Trade. We had Michael Crockett, the presidency of Ottawa tourism, come on. Uh, talking about Ottawa's bilingual uh, character, talking about the rural and urban landscapes in a bid to attract visitors. Uh, but he also said, uh, Dave, that individual residents and businesses, we have a role to play in making sure Ottawa is on the radar of travelers. Uh, you were listening into that, Dave. What uh, what stand out, stands out for you? 
Well, Mike, as you say, uh, Michael Crockett, uh, he is a uh, you know big time advocate, obviously for tourism here in the capital. Uh, that's his job after all, and uh, he wants to see it thrive again. Um, so yeah, he had a message um, uh, uh, last week when they, um, uh, during a virtual Q and A with um, uh, the uh, head of the Ottawa Board of Trade, Su Ling Ching. Um, you know, he was uh, he was a man with a bit of an agenda. He said, you know, it's going to be up to all of us uh, here in the city uh, to try and and sell, um, uh, you know, sell the capital, so to speak, to our neighbors in Toronto, Montreal, Kingston, surrounding cities, um, get them to come down, encourage people to start coming for road trips and be not only that, an ambassador to other things. If you work for a company, encourage the head office to bring their convention here when what once once, uh, you, you know, once um, everybody's comfortable with traveling again and uh, those sports teams, get those national, uh, national, you know, big, big hockey tournaments and other, other, um, other national sports championships, for example, you know, um, encouraging them to, them to, uh, to, you know, to, uh, to, to consider Ottawa as, as the host city. Uh, all those things are, are ways he feels that are going to, you know, hopefully accelerate the, uh, you know, Ottawa's, uh, uh, the rebound of the tourism economy, which has obviously taken a big hit during the pandemic. It's, uh, Ottawa Tourism has done studies. They expect, uh, they think it could cost up to $2.6 billion uh, in lost visitor uh, spending, the, the effects of the pandemic by the end of this year. Um, for a sector that employs more than 40,000 people uh, in, um, in quote unquote normal times, that's a, that's a huge hit. Um, and so Ottawa Tourism is trying to do other things as well. Uh, uh, earlier uh, last week, they announced the um, uh, they're launching this new initiative uh, uh, called um, um, called the Bookmark Ottawa campaign. Uh, where basically, um, you know, they uh, um, they're they're targeting um, travelers within driving distance, and they're basically asking them to go to to the uh, Ottawa Tourism website, choose from a variety of activities and destinations that they would like to do if they could have their dream trip to the capital region. Uh, things like whitewater rafting maybe on the Ottawa River, touring some craft breweries, or um, hopefully getting a ride on the new zip line that's, uh, that's going to be running um, uh, uh, be between the um, two sides of the Zibby development um, on the Ottawa River. So you can pick those things, you can submit your picks, and everybody who does that gets entered into a draw for a trip for two to Ottawa that uh, that covers uh, basically transportation, two nights at a local hotel of their choice, and uh, and some gift cards as well. So um, you know, uh, Ottawa Tourism is trying to do things like that uh, to um, uh, to kind of kickstart, hopefully get some momentum uh, going, getting people thinking about once they are ready to hop in their cars, go somewhere again. That uh, hopefully they think that Ottawa is top of mind and. Um, and that that can, can also get some spending in addition to us kind of being tourists uh, in our own backyard, if you will. Good. I, I might enter the draw, Dave. Who knows? I'd like to go on a nice home vacation. <laughs> anyway, Peter and Dave, uh, before we explore the last story of the day, I want to bring in our legal expert from Nelligan Law, Brian Thaw, a lawyer in the real estate and development practice. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me, Michael. 
Brian, we have talked a lot at uh, OBJ, both on this podcast, our website, uh, publication, social media. We're like we're obsessed with this hot residential real estate market. You know, we we really have seen nothing like it in in recent times. At OBJ, we've been very focused on you know that kind of average prices going up and up and up and affordability uh, issues. Um, but there's another aspect of this, Brian, that I wanted your uh, feedback in. So. Uh, there's such a limited inventory of homes, it's becoming more commonplace for buyers to make unconditional offers. And Brian, that means uh, unnecessary risks for buyers. Uh, explain why. Yeah, so typically, and and especially about a year ago before COVID, when the market was still at its regular norm, uh, we would see most buyers would go into an agreement of purchase and sale with conditions and and these conditions would be put in place for their protection so it gives them an opportunity before they have to formally commit to uh, close on the transaction to uh, check with their bank to make sure they have financing in place uh, do an inspection of the property to see if there's anything unusual uh, about the property that should be taken into consideration or in the case of a condominium reviewing the condominiums documents to make sure there's nothing unusual uh, about the condominium unit itself or the condominium corporation. So I think we're starting to see buyers now removing those conditions and going in firm into agreements. And the risk is you're pretty much going in blind. So uh, Brian, in some cases, as we said, there's limited inventory and they might feel that, you, you know, it's almost necessary to, to waive those conditions, but certainly there must be something they can do from a legal perspective that would protect them a little bit in this situation. Yeah. You hit the hammer on the nail, Michael. I always tell my clients, if they know they're going to be putting in an offer without conditions, call me first. That way we can have a discussion about what items we can look into together and deal with before you put in an offer. So if you wanted to buy a condominium unit, let's see if we can review the condominium documents before you put your offer in. And, and I think you have to because now you're doing bully offers and shotgun offers and you only have one shot to put your offer in, but at least you've had an opportunity beforehand to have your lawyer review documentation with you. That makes a heck of a lot of sense. So you might have to live with an unconditional offer, but it doesn't mean uh, you have to sit back. You can be proactive, uh, call you call a great uh, legal expert like you, Brian, and get some advice before you know before that offer goes in. Exactly. Well, listen, uh, Brian. Once again, thank you very much for uh, joining us and sharing all your expertise on uh, behind the headlines. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. That was Brian Thaw from Nelligan, one of the sponsors behind the headlines. Thanks to uh, them for their support. It's time for the third and final story. Uh, Peter, I think we're going to go to you on this one. It's um, it's a story about um, a, a favorite distillery um, in the way far west end. Um, and this the uh, distillery is called uh, Dairy Distillery. It's located in Elmont. Uh, the interesting thing is they create vodka from a milk permeate. And the company took a second spot on OBJ's list of fastest growing companies. Uh, Dave, you were in charge of that with revenue growth, believe it or not, of 2000% in its first three years, which is pretty crazy. So not only do they have that revenue growth, Peter, but now they have $4.8 million investment from a private equity uh, firm. Uh, what do you think attracted the investor? 
So there were some basic business fundamentals uh, that aren't too surprising. So it's a company that already has very quickly established a solid track record, a strong revenue base, and uh, a really efficient uh, production process. But the lead investor uh, behind the deal, which is Ag Capital Canada, also noted that dairy distillery's business model aligns with this theme of environmental sustainability that's becoming uh, really quickly uh, much more popular with uh, investors all around the world. So again, dairy distillery is effectively taking an unused byproduct from dairy processing plants and turning it into useful consumer products. Um, that's pretty. That's a pretty awesome uh, reuse. Um, and, and as well, uh, the investors were also really impressed with how the company managed to pivot during the pandemic to quickly uh, produce uh, hand sanitizer and diversify its product offerings. Um, with this investment, we might see even more diversification of its uh, product base. Uh, Dairy Distillery says that uh, it's going to be able to uh, construct a new large-scale ethanol plant uh, capable of producing up to 8 million liters a year of a low-carbon uh, fuel. So, uh, so even more diversification is, uh, is on the horizon. Quick, quick, the entrepreneurs. Wow. Uh, cheers to them. Uh, so listen, uh, Dave, we're going to go to Peter. Thank you very much for your contributions. Peter, going to wrap up with you. Um, we just went to press a few days ago with our summer news magazine. Uh, tell us what's inside. So our columnist uh, to, to lead off the, uh, the the news magazine did a spectacular job uncovering some really, really cool stories. So just very, very briefly, uh, Ron Corbett took a walk down Montreal Road, which is uh, as part, undergoing a, a multi-year uh, revitalization uh, project. Again, you know, we all know that uh, road work can be very disruptive for businesses, but Ron really explored this issue in great depth and, and tackled some questions about what are the obligations of this city to help businesses through this, this period? Should they be compensated? How should this city be working with the business community. And of course, in typical Ron Corbett style, uh, he um, met all sorts of fascinating entrepreneurs uh, in, that, uh, in that particular uh, Vanier neighborhood. Also, just briefly, uh, Caroline Phillips had a really neat conversation with Ian Sherman, who's preparing for the next stage of his uh, career as he uh, uh, readies to leave uh, EY. And uh, Robert Hawking uh, shares a story of a, a former CGOH uh, executive's life after uh, television. So, uh, so those are some of my uh, favorite features. But uh, our cover story, of course, is a profiles of our 40 under 40 uh, recipients. So these are 40 young business leaders um, selected for their business accomplishments, professional experiences, and uh, and community involvement. Um, we take a look at some of their, their backstories about some of the lessons that they've learned, their biggest achievements, the challenges they've overcome. And every year, Mike, it just the, these stories just never fail to uh, to impress and inspire me. Uh, of course, the, uh, the the news magazine is only one part of these, uh, these um, awards. Uh, Mike, I know you're really hard at work preparing for uh, for one of our big flagship uh, events uh, coming up this month uh, we are uh, and in fact we're you know we're videotaping today we're videotaping uh, all next week we're, we're doing video profiles of all the 40 under 40 and all of this is a lead up to a June 23rd broadcast uh, on YouTube live in conjunction with Rogers as well and we have a great show lined up there'll be lots of uh, profiles of course of the recipients we'll have some interesting bio tidbits we've got a special musical guest celebrity uh, congratulations so there's there's lots coming up uh, on June 23rd and we'll be sure to share more information on um, on OBJ channels thanks for everything you did and thanks for all the hard work on the uh, issue Peter good job that brings us to the end of this episode. A reminder, this podcast can be watched on YouTube, obviously, and listened to on popular 
uh, podcast channels like Apple and Google. Uh, if you're doing the video thing, uh, make sure on YouTube, of course, make sure to like, subscribe, click the bell. That means you get a notification when we post a new video. Uh, I really encourage you to go to obj.ca. Of course, that uh, website is our longstanding website for 20 something years now, but we update it on weekdays uh, throughout the day. So watch that for constant contact uh, content, excuse me. And if you never want to miss a headline, uh, then the big recommendation is to go to obj.ca slash newsletter uh, slash sign up uh, and uh, subscribe to OBJ today. So that's our weekday, Monday to Friday email newsletter. That's a full summary of all the news of the day. On behalf of my colleagues, Peter and David, thanks for tuning in. Please stay safe and healthy. I hope to see you soon.